This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. The Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on the Blitz 1170 and streaming at theblitztulsa.com. All right, 156 here on the Blitz 1170. What's going on? Hey, can we get a remote in here? Turn oh, yeah, this you want me nonsense. To... Yeah, next break, I'll turn on ESPN. Please for you. do. Ugh. But hey, welcome back. <laughs> Behind the scenes talk. National championship game chat coming up here in just a bit. That was a rough watch last night. I, I know there had to be a few others that were thinking the exact same thing about what's happening on Raw right now. Can I flip back and forth between the two? That's what the national championship game was making me do last night. So did you flip back and forth between Raw? I might have watched Brock Lesnar absolutely drop a few F5s on one Cody Rhodes last night. Hashtag just saying. (laughs) But that's what happens when you wait until 8.20 to start the game, for crying out loud. And I don't know if anyone else caught Tim McGraw's act. But what is what is happening with Tim McGraw? He's too tan. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I'm like, when did Tim McGraw become a, a gentleman of color? <laughs> like, wh- what happened? That the see-through shirt? I know you're in shape, bro, but come on. Way, way too tan. Tim McGraw looked like he might have a $99 special for you to tan for the next six months. That type of tan that was going on last night. <laughs> God. That set the stage for what was not a great championship game last night. All right, let's set up the hotline and welcome in Dean Rule from the Tulsa World here, talking a little Oklahoma State. What's going on, Dean? How are you today? Hey, I'm just surviving the day. It's a beautiful Tuesday. Can't can't complain too much. The weather's finally getting nice. It is starting to uh, pick up a little bit, even though I believe we might be in for a little bit of a uh, well, cold spell here for the next couple of days, which this time of the year we'll do the ultimate tease for you and – Next thing you know, you're sneezing and coughing everywhere with all the changes in temperatures that are going on. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on the national championship game last night if you watched, uh, because you probably heard me there off the top. I did not necessarily think that that was a great game by any means. There were stretches of that game where it was absolutely brutal to watch. Uh, Congrats to UConn, but still not the prettiest basketball that we've watched. Yeah, I kind of had it on in the in the rear view uh, throughout the throughout the evening. I I kind of got caught up watching the Cardinal game against the Braves <laughs> last night. Um, awesome, <laughs> sorry, buddy. But uh, no, I, I I saw some of it, and you know, I mean, those are two top, I think, top eight defenses. Yeah, uh, of the season. So I didn't expect a, a shootout, but yeah, I, I think it left a little to be desired. Uh, yeah, that's putting it nicely, at least in, in my opinion. You're right, though. I, I was trying to judge off of how much is that with two elite-level defenses in college compared with just where we're at in the state of, of basketball in general. It's probably somewhere in the middle, but they were at least getting after it defensively last night. I will give them that. All right, let's uh, shift our attention to Oklahoma State. Before we get into football, I do have to ask your opinion on John Michael Wright's return to Oklahoma State for one more season. Um, just a little under 10 points per game. And uh, he is a guy 
that uh, coming back to the Cowboys at least gives them depth. And that's another little piece to the puzzle, right, that's trying to come back. And we all had expectations of what the roster was going to look like and wondered who was in, who was out with the guys that had an opportunity to do something else. It may have taken a little bit longer than what we thought, but I still like this for Oklahoma State basketball with John Michael Wright coming back. Yeah, I, I think it's a safe move to bring him back, especially when we factor in not to keep bringing up the national championship game, but all these teams are old. These teams that go deep in tournaments are older guys, 22, 23-year-old kids who stick around for five years, use the extra year of eligibility, and, and that's what your starting five is made up of. You don't see a ton of freshmen making huge impacts like you do like you did in seasons past. I mean, outside of you know, Keontae George at Baylor. But regardless, I think it's a sick move because when you when we look at the numbers, uh, John Michael Wright's a great player. He, the numbers say so. Uh, he has some inconsistency in Big 12 play kind of down the stretch. He, he has some games that you probably would have liked to have seen more from him. But regardless, it's a safe move, I think, to bring him back. It, it checks off a lot of boxes. I think it, it's safe to say that was probably an expected move. Um, but overall, I think it's it's a good first step as they try to rebuild this roster and, and do something with it next year. So are we hearing anything else with any other names at this point? Because we're still waiting on confirmation from several guys, uh, whether that could be Portal, who knows, maybe NBA. Um, there's a couple of other guys, right, that had uh, one last year of eligibility that's left. What are we hearing right now? Yes, yeah, so... so... Obviously, so I've heard different things on, on different players pretty much up and down the roster, so I think it would be kind of reckless to say, I think this guy's going here, this guy's going there. But um, I, I'd expect some, some more movement this week, later in the week. I think there's going to be some more uh, decisions made about who's portaling, who's maybe going to try to – I think Oklahoma State, anybody who wants to go into the NBA draft is – a long shot. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anybody that's a secure. He's going to get picked. Uh, so I'd assume most, pretty much everybody's going to going to return or decide. Hey, let me hit the portal. Um, and I think you'll you'll start seeing a lot more of those decisions get made throughout this week. All right, let's shift to football. What we learned from Gundy and his Monday news conference. What were the highlights to you from uh, his meeting of the minds? I think. There's a lot where you're starting to kind of re-say as, as the weeks go on and re-trudge on, on certain issues. Um, obviously, the way he talks about Alan Bowman makes you think he's probably going to be week one starter. Um, just from a maturity standpoint, the way he, Mike Gundy always seems to kind of like to bring that up anytime he talks about Alan Bowman and seeing him out there play a little bit, it, it would I think it just makes sense to probably have him be your week one starter. That that could change because they've got some depth there. They've got some depth at quarterback, but that's kind of my impression of it. Um, on top of that, I think something he said that was interesting yesterday that, that really stood out to me was talking about this Iowa wide receiver who transferred in, Arland Bruce. He compared him to um, John Paul Richardson, just with his kind of shiftiness, his size, his hands, his physicality. And I thought John Paul Richardson was such a undervalued well, – when you hear fans talk last year, you know, I thought John Paul Richardson was a much more important piece than people would kind of 
led on and to be able to replace him now that he's at TCU with with this kid from Iowa I think could be super important for OSU uh, going into next season and then of course when you talk about defense I think Kendall Daniels is going to be somebody to to really pay attention to because obviously he's a six foot five guy he's a big big body in the in the secondary and he can move really well and I think this this spring and off season is going to be super important for him, especially now that they've got him playing in this hybrid position in the secondary, kind of a cornerback, kind of a safety. They call it a rover um, in this three three five defense. And, and hearing Mike Gundy talk about him yesterday, I think there, there's a lot to be excited about with him. He is a guy that at least seems to have as much hype as anyone on the defensive side of the ball for this season in general, right? With what you just mentioned, it's kind of one of those spots in that defense where if you're trying to get your elite level athletes, your supreme guys to just have a position on the field, uh, then that is then then that kind of fits, you know, with what we've talked about with him, uh, and I think that's going to be very beneficial. Uh, to not only him, but to Oklahoma State's defense in general. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, even even throughout this defense, I think there's some interesting pieces that if they get this three-three-five scheme down in the spring, in the offseason, they get people comfortable with it, I think they could have a pretty solid defense. Um, you know, I think, obviously, people who follow Tulsa are going to know what Justin Wright's all about and what he can do, and I think he's going to be super important for OSU uh, – defensively and I, I think the big question defensively is really going to be the defensive line because they got so much I don't want to say younger but you've got a bunch of guys who have either not really started for OSU and you've got a bunch of older transfers coming in so how that all comes together I think is going to be an important question to answer for, for OSU it might be the defensive line was the strong suit going into last year now it's the big question mark on the defense have have they talked openly about what the transition has been like for everyone? Has it been difficult on some? Um, and, I, and I don't know, maybe they've put the gag order on that about this entire process going through, but have the players talked about what the transition's been like for them? Yeah, so any, any first-year player within the program won't be able to talk. Uh, in their, any new player won't be able to talk in their first year. So, mm-hmm. so as we're talking about transfers, um, it's hard to get their insight, but talking with players who are allowed to talk, you know, everybody kind of gives you the, Hey, they're doing good. They're adjusting. Obviously it's adjusting to a new team is going to take a little bit of time, but that's why spring I think is so important for OSU because you have so many new guys that you need to get adjusted. And with, I think let's see 13 transfers, I would say at least half of them are maybe even probably more than that are in contention for a starting job. So not only do you need, do you need to get them adjusted to, Stillwater and OSU, you need to get them ready to play Power 5 football. So we're, we could potentially have a, a situation happening because of the rules within the program about who's allowed to talk and who's not allowed to talk. You could have a significant portion of your starters like not allowed to talk to the media at some point. Yeah, and so I know uh, sometimes in, in history past, since I've been covering the team, I always think of uh, – you know, when Jalen Warren in his in his season at OSU, he uh, you know he he took over as running back one, and toward the end of the season they were starting to let him talk. But yeah, it's going to be interesting because with all these guys, you know, you might not be able to hear from them until November. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I assume if let's say 
six months from now, Alan Bowman is the guy, which I think all signs kind of point to. I'm sure they're going to let him speak. They'll make exceptions to that rule, but it'll be interesting to navigate. We'll see how it goes in terms of access and availability. Um, but yeah. I would assume some of these bigger names to be able to at least talk at some point during the season. You had uh, kind of went into a few things there on the offensive line a little bit earlier. Uh, Gundy said yesterday that the one thing that they've been stressing is to play a more physical style of football, that they want a completely different mindset to what they've done in the past. Um, he said that the guys understand the importance of it and they're working towards it, uh, but that is a key shift in what the philosophy is up front that they want for this Oklahoma State team moving forward is the physical style up front. Yeah, and and they need it, you know. If Obviously, the run game was, you know, let's not mince words, the run game last year was abysmal. It was not good. It was not efficient. They did not do anything with it. It struggled. And, and a lot of that was, you know, we can point to, hey, that offensive line was injured, which it was. Um, but I think sometimes we tread the line a little bit too much of that's a reason or that's an excuse. Um, and so I think with, with the offensive line, you, you, that physicality is needed. And I think it's something they addressed somewhat in the transfer portal. I think Dalton Cooper uh, from Texas State is going to be pretty solid at, at tackle if he's the one that they decide to start. But regardless, you, you need to see more out of that if you want to be able to move the ball how OSU moves the ball. And that's why I think going back to these more traditional fullback roles and tight end roles helps with that as well. But, yeah, you, there needs to be a physicality that on that line to, to really get this run game going for them that, that struggled so much last year because without it, uh, the offense becomes one-dimensional and, and you know, that, that causes all kinds of problems. Well, the running back situation in general is one of the big storylines, right? I mean, at least it, right now on paper, it seems that there's probably more depth at running back and that also breeds hope that they're going to have some bigger moments uh, with guys that they brought in through through transfer and that have expectations placed on them. Uh, has there been any word on what the running backs have looked like so far? Yeah, I think you get your normal spring practice talk. You know, it's always filled with optimism about the running back room. I think, or just at any position, there's optimism. And I think right now, if you had to put a depth chart together, you'd probably start Ollie Gordon. Um Elijah Collins, who transferred from Michigan State, he's a veteran guy. He's got four years of experience, or actually five years. Um, I, I think he could be pretty important in bridging together, taking some snaps off Ollie Gordon. They, they almost might run that as a tandem um, with, with those two. And, and Jaden Nixon showed some flashes last year that, that I think he could be a, an important part in that running back group. But yeah, overall, there's there's talent there that I think OSU, if, if the offensive line gets going like they're talking, it will, then you've got enough, I think, running back talent, especially now that I think Ollie Gordon's going to kind of really get some snaps and get to show what he has this year. This is, a, this is an aspect of the offense that I don't, that OSU should not let go to waste because if you can really get that, that offensive line going, then, I think you could really do something on the offense. 
Well, definitely interesting times for sure uh, there in Stillwater for spring football as we'll continue to um, highlight everything that's happening over there uh, with a lot of the new faces. And then I think you brought up a very key point, though, which is what are we in three weeks now into spring football and Gundy starting to kind of rehash a few things here or there. It's about time to almost close the book on spring football once you get to the point where you're starting to rehash a lot of the same things over and over again at least from a talking point perspective so a lot of work to do on the field uh, but we'll definitely keep in touch with you and uh, continue to find out the latest on what's happening with Oklahoma State football Dean I appreciate you man thank you so much for joining us this afternoon here on the Blitz of course that's Dean Rule from the Tulsa World here on the Blitz 1170 talking a little Oklahoma State Um, basketball returnees and also spring football so far here through the 4th of April. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back when we do national championship game last night. Sights, sounds, actually not sights because it's radio and you can't see anything, but all the sounds coming up next after this timeout here on the Blitz 1170 live from the Ike's Chili House Studios. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.